0: Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, advisors, suppliers, content creators, and investors who are prepared to give up their time to talk about what's going on in the world of recruitment. How are we all coping with COVID-19? How are we going to get better, stronger together in the future? Today, I'm excited to be joined by Hung Lee. Hung is a very well-known character, personality online. He's the founder and curator of a publication called Recruitment Brain Food, which has over 22,000 subscribers in both the agency and in-house community. Um, I see Hung pretty much every day online and I'm keen to find out what he's been up to and what he thinks is going on across the world. Um, Before I do, I want to mention a little word from our sponsors, Rise Recruitment Ventures. Rise are a small but growing investment business who are focusing on exclusively helping Uh, founders of startups and early stage recruitment agencies that want to scale and exit inside less than 10 years. These guys have sold for 22 million in the past, um, a business called Liquid Personnel, which they scaled in 10 years. They bring not only a lot of money and capital, but they also bring a lot of experience to the table and they want to help recruitment agencies grow through investing that time so that you can build world-class infrastructure to sell. This is not a Back office solution. This is an investment partnership. If you're interested and think you could, you, you might be the right type of person for them to invest in. Then get in touch today via www.riserv.co.uk. Right, back to the show. Hung, great to have you on, mate. Welcome to the uh, Rag Report. My pleasure to be on the show and having a chat with you, Sean. Looking forward to. Just, uh, just wondering who's got the better cap on, whether it's me or you. I um, don't. You mentioned my. Uh, my uh, hair that, that gets a lot of credit online but I, I don't think I've had my hair out for about a month are you in a similar boat right now I'm absolutely in a similar boat mate I mean my situation
1: now is I was I thought I'd get away with it but then I saw myself in a mirror and <laughs> I had a few comments from people say, saying hey, listen mate something's got to happen and I, I was thinking right do I take the do I take the shaver to it Uh, and take that risk or do I just wear a cap and I thought right I better fish this out and do the do the do the the easiest thing so yeah cap wearing might be the thing for going forward for me now
0: yeah I I do that I get like have a shower get it do it all and then it just looks so fucking big like it's the same sort of style as it was but it's just massive and I'm like you know some days it looks all right most days it, it needs a hat as well just to keep it
1: you can't manage it, mate. I mean, this is, this is where you start getting into the spending like way too much time doing this and you realise, what is the point? I've got better things to do than trying to style you my know, hair, well, so
0: screw that. Interestingly as well, uh, we're going well off topic before we even start talking about recruitment, but someone asked me last week, like, you always wear gym kit right now, Sean. They were like, you, you're sponsored by Under Armour or what? Well. I've got a nightclub <laughs> on for there. I was like, do you know what? I just—it's it's what you said. Decision fatigue. Like I, I feel like right now I'm trying to do that many things in a day. The last thing I need to think about is I've dressed up for for the Zoom calls. Like as long as I'm presentable, and if I'm in gym kit, you can't smell me from the camera. So
1: <laughs> also- Nick, I tell you something. This this is going to change how we work though, because we probably spend way too much time on things like appearance. Um, uh, you know, a lot of it is about everyone. Everyone does it. So everyone has to do it. Um, a lot of the dressing up stuff was, was, was all that but I don't see we're going to go straight back to that irrespective of what happens going forward we're going to realise you know what let's do substance more than style and and, and that's, that's how I think we're going to do it. it's going to hopefully be a better world you know we'll spend less on like suits and stuff like that it'll be like okay this is who I am uh, this is what I do uh,
0: and so what if I'm wearing a t-shirt exactly yeah well Hung I mean I, I, I've kept an eye on you we've met a few times but what for people that don't know you, just can you give us an overview as to who you are and what you're up to?
1: Yeah, sure. So my name's Hong Lee. Um, I basically these days write a newsletter called Recruiting Brain Food, which uh, everyone's welcome to subscribe to. Uh, you can do that, by the way, and uh, recruitingbrainfood.com. Um, it is quite simply a weekly newsletter where I'm just curating content from the internet um, that I think is interesting or relevant to the recruitment community. Um, uh, and it started off as a side project a couple of years ago. Uh, it's since just mushroomed into this business. Um, and, and now it's a, it's a, it's like a podcast a newsletter, a, an online community. I've built a chatbot recently. There's like a, 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 a kind of a Craigslist type of service I've just de- de- delivered as well. So it's like, it's morphed into multiple things. But, um, the main idea is look, lots of good content out there for recruitment, uh, folks, it's just too much crap as well. Um, and how can I do a, a task of kind of raising the signal to noise for the
0: recruiters by clearing out the crap and just delivering the quality? So um, so that's what Recruiting brain Food is all about. Love it. Love it. So um, what I want to ask you is the same as everyone else. What the hell is your life like right now? If you can paint a picture, like where do you live? What are you doing? How is your life in, uh, what are we now, the mid to the end of May?
1: yeah uh every day is like sunday sean um i mean i had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday actually and we were just talking shooting the breeze about what she was doing what i was doing um and neither of us we found ourselves unable to complain about the situation because obviously a lot there's so many more people that are suffering far worse tribulations than us uh this this friend of mine by the way lives happens to live on lake geneva um, and she was telling me, yeah, she's going to go on a on a yachting cruise that afternoon. <laughs> with nothing else better to do with the town. I'm thinking, yeah, she's she's fine. Don't worry about her. And I, I'm kind of feel the same. You know, I work from work from home. In any case, it wasn't a big shift. Um, I mean, obviously, business has been crushed. I mean, no 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 uh, sort of uh, two ways about that. It's been very very tough. Um, uh, but as a business, I've always ran. Uh, it's super skinny um, and it wasn't a huge overhead. It wasn't office to pay for, wasn't staff to fire, anything like that. So uh, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't sort of a, a, that difficult transition. It's simply a, cash, a case of no cash flow. Um, and um, I was fortunate enough to be well supported by sponsors and, and what have you on recruiting brain food ultimately meant that I had some uh, plenty of runway um, and uh, and yeah, so I I can't complain. Even though I recognise that yeah, business could certainly be better uh, for me, but for for everyone else as well, uh, really on the planet. You know, we're going into recession globally, so
0: it's it's tough times for everyone. When you were producing the content before the, the kind of announcements of well, before it really hit the hard in the, in the kind of second week of March, mm-hmm. how much? Uh, awareness did you have of what was going on around the world and how, how did you really think it was going to be like this?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, and that's, that's purely because I've got uh, relatives in the far East. Mm. Um, my family from Hong Kong, I think i got SARS in 2003. So, you know, this, this type of thing I was very familiar with and, and I was just realizing that, okay. Um, when, uh, when China locked down Wuhan in end of January, they locked down like tens of millions of people. I just thought this is serious business. If it does creep over here and, if, and in such a way um, where, you know, people can spread it very easily, there's no stopping it. Um, and I just thought, yeah, the way we were, what did it for me was Cheltenham Festival, mate, to be honest. I was just thinking, what are you doing having two hundred and fifty thousand people together
0: in close proximity when you've got this thing knocking on your door on your doorstep? The day that everyone was, they were already announcing what was going on around the world, like Italy. Dude,
1: it was Italy was already having these horrific numbers, bad end. Spain was starting to creep up, and then we're having this massive festival. I was just thinking, look, I don't think UK's got a handle on this. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of very defensive, really, from February onwards. To be fair. Um, just from what I was hearing and what I was what, what I knew. Also, I had relatives that were that were kind of immunocompromised. My mum actually has, has got an immune problem, um, yeah. and so she's highly sensitive. And I was like, Whoa, this is, "We don't need her getting this." So then I became very defensive because she was staying with me at the time. Um, and and yeah, so I, I knew really by end of sort of I would say early Feb that this is going to be probably a very big thing. Did I know it was going to be as big as this? No, of course not. Um, you know.
0: Yeah. What um, what, what did you hear coming out of the recruitment market? What was the? Can you remember the first sort of murmur you heard in the recruitment space about it, and who was, who was reacting to what was going on?
1: I, I don't think recruitment was any quicker or, or or slower than anybody else. To be honest with you, um, I think the UK really only clocked into this. When sort of the lockdown announcements were, were 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 being rolled out, and then suddenly, oh, we can't go anywhere, and the implications of not being able to go anywhere start to, to to hit home. I See, think that
0: I would probably. say I, I recorded a podcast in February with Nick Eves, the founder of Stanton House, where they've got a Hong Kong presence, and he he was like, "It's really affecting my Hong Kong business. You know, people are not wanting to go to interviews. You know." it's really affecting my team. They don't want to go to work. Blah, blah. And it, that was like early, mid-Feb. So yeah. I, I'd just been in Dubai and I'd, when I was in Dubai, late Jan was when it was all kicking off in China and all the footballers were leaving. I told, I've, I've mentioned it loads of times, but I literally saw Fellaini, Marwan Fellaini, who was an ex-United player, on my Sky Sports News app saying, leaving China due to like the pandemic. To got out of the cab as I was looking and he stood in my hotel. In Dubai. <laughs> wow. He he later got coronavirus as well. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, for me, it was like that episode with Nick at the time, I kind of, I don't know, I just, I listened, but I didn't, still thought it was just, because because SARS, I remember, I went traveling in 2010. I think, yeah, there was a second outbreak of SARS in 2010. And, you know, it was, people had the masks on in the airports in Thailand, in Vietnam. and um, But because it never got around the world, I was like, it's just going to be another one of them. I didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see it. I honestly didn't think it was going to be, if you listen back to my episodes as well, I was so naive the way I was talking. Dude,
1: who, who was not naive, man? I mean, I, you know, no one, no one can be wise after the fact. I think where you and I may be a little bit different is that we did have these contacts in, in, in the Far East, and um, uh, that, that gives you a little bit of color. Uh, but even then, it, it's hard to. I mean, I was in shock still so even me knowing all of this and you know having relatives over there and so on i was still like when we when we we're in lockdown you know in the third week i was still like in a daze um you know it took me a long time to really think what's actually gone on here so so yeah i think it's one of these things that you can theorize but you've got to experience it um and now i think we've all experienced it we've, we've got a little bit of an
0: understanding as to what these types of diseases do 100 what well, um so one thing I've done is I've covered pretty heavily the, the agency response, right? So the the, the, the initial um, reaction, the, the kind of what I call reactive reaction mode where everyone started looking at cutting costs like left, right, and center, then it was actually getting to grips with it and proactive mode. I think, you know, furlough has been amazing because it's allowed so many recruitment agencies to keep costs low and uh, still push forward. And had they not brought the furlough scheme out, I'd really worry about what, I mean, any sector, but I'm... focused on recruitment agencies I think it would have been catastrophic what was the in-house response like what can you how can you give us some indication how that early days responded
1: yeah I mean I think the 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 the, the, the not sheltered. nobody in in the in-house world is sheltered by it it's slightly different in the sense that in-house had other responsibilities that they could repurpose themselves for so a lot of them ended up doing Um, you know, the communication almost segueing into the HR sort of elements where you've got to talk to, to the people that they were furloughing. Um, uh, They had to speak to uh, the wider markets into the marketing side. They had to do a lot of the employer branding stuff and make sure they were on top of the crisis communications and what have you. Um, So there probably was a couple more weeks of work and effort if you like for the in-house folks. Um, uh, Whereas agencies could maybe react a bit quicker and say, look, all of our customers are simply not hiring anymore. We have to just stand down half the business. Um, that didn't quite happen in the uh, for the in-house crew, although um as soon as growth stops and companies stop hiring, um you know in-house people also go on to furlough like everyone else. The growth functions generally speaking um, have all had this effect, so sales, marketing, uh, you know, recruitment theoretically could be described as associated with those two. Um, uh, yeah, you're going to get uh, 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 cut off furloughed as, as a result of uh, the slowdown.
0: Yeah. Have you have you seen any interesting organizations that have, have done anything creative in, in terms of their employer brand or tried to keep the lights on and not just close the door on talent? Because there will be a point where you need to start growing again.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's different positions you need to take. I mean, one of the one of the most interesting things I read the other day, uh, I featured it on the newsletter actually, which was the um, uh, you know the posture of not getting into this binary idea of look, you either grow or cut. Um, uh, you know, it's a very easy kind of black and white scenario. But um, uh, you know, actually, it's not a, a it's a, it's a very good time to start uh, hiring um the the absolute elite talent that previously you'd be out competed for. Um that's not going crazy. These are like one off people or whatever. There's a really good tip actually in that post where basically the advice was for recruiters to go to the hiring manager and say or their 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 line manager and say, listen, over the past couple of years, who are the top three people that you wanted to hire into your business but weren't able to do it for whatever reason can you give me their names and numbers Mm -hmm. um and then just use that opportunity to tap those those people up um it could be that they're also under stress or they're under situations where you know they've been destabilized now might be the perfect time to have a chat with that person Um, so i think companies that have the runway or have a little bit of capacity um might be able to to be a bit clever about this um and uh, and to really recruit you know this uh these types of elite talent transformational talents if you like into the business that otherwise they wouldn't be able to do so i, th- I still think you can do recruitment but obviously the overall scheme of it is that we're going to do far far less than we were before um and uh, and we need to we need to think about our own job security and what we have to do to uh survive uh what looks like you know very tough uh,
0: couple of years ahead. What? Well, yeah, 100%, 100%. What do you think the changes to the in-house market will look like as a result of this? Like, Do you think there'll be as many businesses investing in internal teams or would they maybe revert back to the flexible cost of an agency that they don't have that fixed cost element? Because yeah. you know, going into the thought of a second wave that could hit us, if we get the economy moving, the thought of a second wave will be in the back of everyone's mind, I think.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the recruitment market generally is going to fragment and diffuse. Um, uh, so, uh, what I mean by that is uh, we've obviously let a lot of people go. A lot of people are also on furlough. Um, a lot of people who aren't let go are on furlough or working from home. Um, all of those three factors will encourage the further fragmentation of the agency marketplace. Mm. Um, simply because suddenly you've got all of these recruiters working on their own homes, doing their business and doing their work. That it's going to cross their mind. And say, hey, listen, why am I doing it for uh, Acme.com here um, when in fact I could undercut them and just trade by myself? I'm literally, you know, it, it will make it very real to people. Um, that they're able to actually do this. So I fully expect um, an explosion of one man, one person type uh, agencies setting up um, and then getting into the market and then really, um, uh, I wouldn't say muddying the waters is the right word, but it will be very, very competitive
0: as a result of these new uh, businesses emerging. You've already got such a, you know, 81% of the agency market apparently is under 10 staff, right? So it's right gonna make that bottom bottom level grow even bigger, which again, I, I don't blame people for looking at that, especially if you know, you're know you going back to an organization where the owner's got a, a focus on going back to exactly how they were. If they If they're not prepared to evolve, you'll see either them, I think they'll either move to an organization which will be more flexible and will continue with the remote, semi-remote option, or like you say, yeah, starting up A quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Odro is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire... And most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process. So from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys They're, They are awesome. And I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. You'll see either them, I think they'll either move to an organization which will be more flexible and will continue with the remote, semi-remote option or like you say, yeah, starting up. But do you think the, one more question, do you think end clients will hire, will they want the fixed cost of a, of a recruitment team at the size that they had
1: well, the second part of that question is, is that fragmentation is going to mean that um, end employers will be able to access different types of recruiter. So in other words, um, uh, we don't want to run into the idea of that hiring someone in-house is always fixed cost uh, and permanent. We're going to see a lot more interim one-man band type recruiters selling themselves in to say, hey, listen, I could do your in-house stuff for this amount. Yeah. Um, and so I think there will be um, a, a, a sort of this competition for recruitment agencies, um, but it probably won't be building huge teams of TA, I agree with that. Um, but it doesn't mean that they, that, that they will immediately revert to uh, going through the commission only
0: um, recruitment agent as a supplier. So you might, see, you might see recruitment, in-house recruiters being more like freelance consultants, yep. you might see agency independents going, offering retainer solutions that are more, so they might even merge a little bit.
1: Yeah, those, the boundaries will literally disappear. I mean, what's the difference between me setting up as a quote unquote agency and then occasionally offering to say, Hey, I'm in-house quote unquote. It's just a different way of building the customer. Um, You know, and if I could say, hey, listen, I'd rather take a retainer rather than, you know, pay uh, per placement, then then, yeah, effectively I'm in house. Right. Um, So I think we'll see a a real explosion of these uh, mini RPOs, if you want to call them that way. Um, who really don't pay that much attention to whether they're agency or in-house they are not going to have that in their mindset All of us were agents at one point. So let's not forget that Um, including almost every in-house person. I've I've not met a single in-house person that wasn't an ex-agent So everyone knows the game Um, but I think we'll we'll just there's gonna be a huge group of people that will exist in this, uh, in this middle space where you know they'll trade typically on their own maybe one or two people with partners or what have you um uh, but they'll be probably low-cost competitors to your big agencies and and your fixed permanent in-house teams
0: really yeah makes sense what what would you say um is like Bit, any advice you've heard? Any any have you had any have you had anything cool over the last couple of weeks where you think you know that you might have shared it in one of your newsletters? But it'd be good to share with my my audience is recruitment owners, predominantly the smaller, n- newer organisations. Not not always, but there's a, I know there's a lot of people listening that have either just started or were were about to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you any advice you've got? Anything you've heard? Tips that that might be relevant?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not really advice anyone's given me, but it's something I came across I thought was just really smart. Um, uh, I would say, you know, if we accept that this is uh, going to be uh, a transformational moment, let's say, um, in terms of society and, and global economics and what have you, obviously it makes sense for us to pay attention as to what that future might look like going forward. Um, and one of the smartest things to do, I think, is to just to track where Um, You know, investment is going, um, uh, uh, particularly which industry sectors seem to be growing, which seem to be contracting and position yourself accordingly. Um, uh, There's a couple of really good slide decks where basically VCs have said, look, this is where we're parking our chips. Um, And I'm thinking, right, if that's the case, you as a recruiter, you need to be stepping into this world. Um, uh, uh, This is cybersecurity. Um, uh, uh, This is uh, health, health tech. Um, uh, this is uh, biotech um, this is anything to do with remote working cloud services stuff like that um, anywhere where it you know you you would see there being a requirement for in-person uh, type of businesses probably not a great idea um, because you can imagine a lot of companies are, are going to try and automate uh, their processes in order to keep trading we've already seen automated restaurants in Asia for instance um, spike up as a result of this because they want to serve customers food. They still want to be in the restaurant business. But they're aware that the person coming into the restaurant is now thinking very defensively in terms of their healthcare. Like, is this food cooked by a human being that's coughed over it? Um, or is it being served by a person that has washed his hands for 20 seconds or more with soapy water? What,
0: um, robots that are, like robots are cooking the food?
1: It's robots cooking the food and serving it. What? <laughs> um, that Twitter's amazing for this
0: um,
1: there's, there's a there's a lady called Naomi Wu um, who's this Chinese very good English um, but she's a Chinese um, kind of hacker maker so she makes things out of stuff um, and she's got all kind you got all kind I mean you just don't need to look at her to, to recognize that she's a controversial figure be it in China or anywhere else, right? She looks a certain way, she behaves a certain way, et cetera, et cetera. But get beyond that um, and just track what she does. And what she does is really just tell stories about how different societies and different businesses are evolving to cope with this. Um, And you can see what's happening is that we're dehumanizing a great deal of the things that required a human being before. Um, And mainly because those businesses wanna persist but they don't want to have to rely on a human being to do it. Let's not forget, it's not just about, hey, uh, we want to employ humans. That's great. And everyone wants to do that. But your business might be dependent on providing a guarantee um, that it's sanitized. Um, And it's very difficult to do that. Again, I've seen some pictures of, um, I forget what it was, might have been uh, in, in one of the European countries that are starting to go out of lockdown uh, restaurant workers you know wearing masks but then not then taking the masks off as they're cooking the food and i'm thinking that's not how it's done right um i mean ultimately maybe uh, maybe these things are not that important in terms of spreading the uh virus uh, we don't really know yet but at the same time as a restaurant uh, as a as a client of a restaurant you might want to know how secure this is in terms of its sanitation so yeah I think anything in person is not a great place to be a recruiter right now. Anything that helps automate those businesses, it is a good place to recruit. So you don't need to necessarily jump radically. Um, if you're looking at, let's say you're a hospitality recruiter, fantastic. Maybe you need to switch to uh, working for uh, businesses that want to supply
0: robots to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's an adjacent move you can make. Pivot, but- pivot to so something you still understand. That's and and evolve evolution of what you were already doing right
1: correct and recruiters are really good at this so there's no excuse um, recruiters are really good at spotting the trends and jumping onto it um, that's how we survive uh recessions anyway it's how i survived it you know back in 2000s whatever when the first dot com i was a dot com recruiter you know recruiting web developers for like uh uh you know e-commerce businesses and so on that popped, I just moved into telecoms for three years, no problem. Um, that popped, I moved into public healthcare IT for, for four years. So I think recruiters are able to make these adjacent moves. Um, and right now, of course, if you're starting a new business and you had a vision, it would be this. Have a think about where the overall trends are uh, and where the direction of travel is gonna be. Um, and, and, and really, put your chips where the VCs are putting their chips. Um, uh, you know, don't go uh, just because you thought that this was a good idea to recruit in this area. Certain industries may never recover from this. Um, and, and we need to be real with that.
0: True. Well, um, what have you learned the most about yourself in lockdown? Yeah. Um, I would say I've, I've learned that
1: I've, I don't mind my own company. I knew this anyway, but it's kind of, it's been really helpful uh, to, to, to kind of have that underlined. Um, uh, and I think that that's different for different people. I know some people really do need to have a lot of human interaction one-on-one or the need to have that, you know, in-person experience. I totally get that. Um, I'm not that type of person. Um, and therefore it's kind of helped me think, about how I need to position myself for this coming future, um so the biggest thing I've learned is I think I can cope with it um and I think I can build positive things in this circumstance um and uh, and and those things give me a huge amount of encouragement
0: no, i agree i think I think I always. I don't know if you took away the video technology that we're on, like, yeah, I think it'd be a completely different world. Like you would, I think every, well, I know I would definitely then struggle massively if it was just, you know, phone calls and not seeing anyone. Um, but because it's video and it's so fucking frequent, it's like, you know, zoom fatigue is a real thing right now. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it kind of masks, it gives you that, that hit you need. Like you see your family, you see your mates and, I've, I've 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 been in a funny one because my my best mate is my business partner. Um, I've got a bigger group, but me and him have been like best mates since first day of uni, right? A Long time ago, and uh, didn't have the grey hair back then. It was just 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 starting. Uh, but what that's meant is because I see him all day or most days of the week. When it comes to the weekend, we don't really spend any time together anymore. Yep. we just mm-hmm. not that we talk, but you know he's got a missus on in West London. I'm married in East London, so we don't see each other, and I. And although I have a group of mates, we're all dotted everywhere. So we didn't spend that much time together. Um, but now, you know, Zoom in, we've had more Zoom conversations as a group and, and see more of each other than ever before. Like, yep. Anyway, yep. The biggest problem I've got now is there's not enough happening in the world to spark conversation. So mm. every time I speak to them, there's nothing fucking new to talk about. Um, yep. And unless I talk about work, which is not interesting to someone who's not a recruiter or just doesn't care about hok you're like, what, what? What else have I got to talk about? Like, well, yeah. here's the, here's the thing, though. Take the pressure off
1: yourself. I mean, I do this with my family to a large degree, where I've I, I figure this out before COVID, actually, because um, because my pa- so my parents live miles away. They live in, in Hong Kong generally, so. Um, you know what parents are like, they're going to want to speak to you. To, they'll always want to speak to you more than you want to speak to them. It's the truth of it, right? Um, but if you save those calls up for the once a week, once a month type of thing, you end up having to really write notes down before you pick up the, 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 the phone because you want to have laws to talk about. Um, and then you, and it becomes a really forced conversation uh, where they want to keep, keep you on the line and you don't. Um, the trick is just call them every day um and i do that with my mom now. i'll call her every morning no doubt no stop you know what sean those calls last less than 30 seconds now she's watching youtube she yeah. doesn't want to she doesn't want. To, she doesn't want to talk to me but <laughs> the, po- the point is she just wants to check in yeah. so if, you know what i mean and i think that's the same with friends now it's like hey listen how are you doing it's all good don't worry about it. i'm busy it's fine boom off but you've you've just checked in and that's good yeah. enough you don't need
0: to have those long conversations necessarily. I've not drank any beer since the, I'm like, I think I'm on about day 50 now. I'm doing this 75 day challenge. So 75, no beer? 75, it's got 75 hard. I've mentioned it a few times. So it's got basically for 75 days, I've had no cheat meals, no alcohol. I've trained twice a day. I've drank a gallon of water and uh, I've read 10 pages of a self-improvement or business book every day. For, I'm on day 50 today. That's rock, man. Yeah, it feels great. It def- definitely feels good, and you know, it builds some habits. But you, you are a bit boring when you're on a when, when you're on a call where everyone's drinking. Because that was one of the funniest things. We had a Zoom drinks night before I started that, and it got Larry like it's hilarious. But I was on one recently where I was the only one not drinking, and I was, uh, yeah, I was a bit boring. Um, but I don't know if I can. I'm going. I finish on the 13th of June, Saturday the 13th. I finish. I'm going to run into London. I'm going to run to Trafalgar Square. It's about 12 miles from my house yeah and i want my wife to follow in a car i'll well, just just cool 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 yeah a lot of beers in the back that's the plan uh, i love it mate so you're yeah gonna try, she's she
1: got uh, some sort of gimbal or something like that you can set up in the car
0: or no she'll take the dog she'll drive it and then the two mates are going to run in from different parts of london they've not done it but we're going to meet there and then have a few beers and drive back but for me it's been really good because it's given me a focus that I've, I've been talking about doing it for about a year since i listened to this podcast, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, there's always been a reason, there's always been an event, getting married, someone's birthday, holiday, something going on. And then as soon as this hit, I thought, there's two things. I can't afford a, di- a shit day right now. Like, I just can't afford to wake up and feel hungover. There's no way yeah. And also, I, I, in the first week of lockdown, I'd had a few beers, a few nights, and I definitely felt myself a bit negative. So I was like, yeah. sort yeah. that out. And then it just gave me a focus every day. And now I'm like, wow, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been unbelievable. Listen, Sean. I know you're talking to a bunch
1: of recruiters listening to this show, but I've got uh, obviously being a recruitment, you like you like a beer and a night out and stuff like this. But the truth be told, I'm I'm kind of in the same way, man. It's like beers are great, but I can't. I don't like the next day. So maybe this is age as well, um, where you know I really don't want to feel horrible for the next day because it does take at least a day now, Um, and then I find myself super unproductive. I can't motivate myself to do a single goddamn thing. Um, and I'll end up watching Netflix or do, feeling sorry for myself more or less, uh, and it's like burning time. And I'm thinking, that's a waste. No, I I've agree. Drank. There's better things I got to do with this. So, so yeah, I've not drank for a long time as well. Probably for for about a month, I had a had a beer at uh, the end
0: of the brain food marathon um, uh, about five weeks ago so I had a beer then I um, and- one or two I will always want that in my life but going back yeah getting getting hammered nah not that fuss someone said to me would you prefer the coffee at 9am or like a whiskey at 1 in the morning and I was like coffee at 9am like all day that's like, oh, well, that's what you need to focus on you can either stay out till 1 but you ain't gonna be up at 9 doing that or you can have a coffee um, so look it's it's definitely taught me a lot about myself I think and in, and now I'm like, well, however long this lasts, I can't control that. The only thing I can control is what I do all day and how I think, how I focus myself. That's it. That's literally all I can control. Um, and I, and I, I think the one, the one thing about this podcast has been a lot of people on. And that seems to be a common theme with people that are doing well or prepared to share insights. They're, they're just looking after themselves. Like they're just concentrating on what. And, and if you look after yourself first, you'll then have a better impact on those around you, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we've
1: all got a responsibility for that. Um, I mean, uh, again, it's, it's weird because sometimes if you go into the office and you're going business as normal, if you like, you've got someone else giving you that structure. Um, uh, you know what I mean? Someone else is organising your life effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it's like work from home, or you're on furlough, or you're redundant, or whatever. You've got all this time in, on your hands, and it's like, okay, I've got to do what I've got to do, and the first thing to do is to is to get yourself. Uh, self-organized self-disciplined all of those skills that probably we neglected because we outsourced it to our employer Um, uh, you know we've had to build that out so i think you know one of the positives that comes from this is maybe we're going to get a lot more self-reliance and self- organized people um coming back to the world of work let's say um after you know as, as we move into this this new future of ours
0: i hope so i think so well um so to wrap it up hung um i've loved it what what can people do? So you mentioned the subscribers, so they can get subscribed. Have you got any any other events? Anything happening online people can can watch or or tune into? Soon,
1: uh, I'm always doing a Friday uh, afternoon um, Brain Food Live. This is a video live stream. Um, uh, so I do that on LinkedIn. I do it on Facebook. It's multicast everywhere. So feel free to watch that if you if if you want to talk. It's typically based in in some sort of recruitment uh, content, uh, be it you know, sourcing, uh, employer branding, DNI, whatever it is, uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, so that happens every Friday. So your, your views are welcome to jump on that if, if they're up for it.
0: it. All right. Well, I'll tag you in this post and hopefully, you know, people will reach. If anyone wants to reach out and ask any questions, you're open for that as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Get all hold of me on Twitter. I think I'm maxed out on LinkedIn, but I think you can message me somehow on there. Um, uh, get me on Facebook, wherever it is that, that you see hungly.
0: I'm happy to have a chat with you legend all right appreciate that guy. and look guys thanks so much for listening again and um, I know you know this is tough times but hopefully what you're hearing from from people that I'm interviewing is that we will get through it and we'll get through it with the right attitude and and, and and daily practice you know we can't solve anything in by looking at the bigger picture we can only solve what's ahead of us on that day and take you know hopefully take something from this and, and just make every day count um, if you are enjoying what you're listening to uh, please do I don't ask you to pay for for listening to this, but I do ask you to do one thing, which is share this podcast with someone who you think will will benefit. So get it out on WhatsApp, text, email, whatever, LinkedIn, to people you know. Together, we're going to get through this pandemic uh, a lot better. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow with more insights. In the meantime, stay safe. I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online and we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now we're managing the marketing for so that involves strategy content creation distribution systems process and leads generated having been recruiters and marketeers we can not only build your brand but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters, and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only gonna grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a a supplier that acts as part of your team, or you wanna be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.